Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Gin Check. So, today we're gonna, you know, look back at Tuesday night's contender series, week five, and we're gonna look ahead to um, everything that is gonna go down at the weekend. We have got Overeen v Saki And um, yeah There's some interesting fights on that card People So uh, yeah sit back And let's get to it Okay so we had Week 5 of the Contender Series And um Man this was This was an interesting week This was an interesting week When it came to like performances and just the way everything went down, right? So the first fight was Chase Gibson against Tucker Lutz. And I believe Gibson was the big favorite coming into this fight. And he started off well. You know, he he landed some shots and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, Lux he then started getting into it as the round went on, you know, and I think it, it got real close, real close until, uh, I think with a minute left, maybe, a minute and a half, Lutz got a takedown, and, you know, he just phew, took it to Gibson, took it to Gibson. So come the second round, yo, like Lutz kind of dominated. Yo, he he was landing some good shots, solid shots, and putting together these combinations as well. Yo, mixed it up with kicks and everything like that. Now Gibson landed a few counters, but not really that much. Not really that much. And it did look like Lutz hurt him in that second round as well. So we jump into the third. And, um, yeah, Gibson, I feel he knows, right, coming into the third. All right, I need to do something. I need to stop this fight. So he came. He, he You know what I mean? He came for it at the start. But Lutz was just a bit like, eh, no, 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 no. What the, what the fuck? No, <laughs> you ain't stealing this at the last minute, and and so you know, he just continued with the jabs and the combinations. Like Gibson tried to take down, but Lutz, oh man, he used a whizzer to get on top, which was, yeah, that was sweet. That was real sweet. Um, yeah, Lutz got his own takedown. Landed some shots towards the end, though. Gibson reversed it. Gibson reversed the position, was on top, took the back, had a rear naked choke with like 20 seconds to go, 30 seconds to go. And man, it was just a bit like, fuck, is he gonna grab this at the last minute? What's gonna happen here? 
But yeah, Lutz was able to um, maintain and get the win. And, you know what I mean? Like, it was a good performance, especially when considering he was the underdog, right? And, like, looking at it, you could see there were moments when Lutz got a little sloppy and things, like... I think things got maybe closer than they should have been. But it was a good it was a good fight. It was a good fight. So then we had um Cody Brummage against William Knight. And Knight had got a a, de- a developmental contract on the last contender series, season three. So since then he'd had two fights. Both of them he'd won by knockout. So it was just like, oh, what's going to happen? But in all the videos and the talk before this fight, it the word was like that Brummage, you know, hasn't been doing this for long, but a really good wrestler. Really good wrestler. And he just takes people down, grinds them, slams them. He is all good on that front. So it was just like, oh, how... Yeah, yeah, like, can he snatch this shit? What's gonna happen? And goddamn, goddamn, right? So, Brummage, he came out and it was just like, yeah, I wanna take them. <laughs> you know what I mean? He came, grabbed Knight, ah, uh, you know. He, he's pushing for that takedown. See, I think the issue was. Knight tried to get a guillotine. Yo, tried to get a guillotine. But, yeah. Brummage took him down. And I think he then, like, as he was going down, moved into side control. That, or half guard, something, something. But, yeah, he escaped that guillotine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, the guillotine was not a hindrance for him. And so, yeah, he's now on top. And he's dropping elbows. He's doing his thing. Right? And to the point, I think he moved into mount. Moved into mount. And he's just dropping shit on Knight. So obviously, Knight's like, I need to get out of this position. So he, he turns, gives up the back. And he's getting just slammed. You know, like um, Brummage... Lengthens him out, which you know now it's even harder to get up and move. So he's lengthened him out, and he is just punching and punching. And the referee is just like, "You gotta move, you gotta move." And Knight, like, he's you know what I mean because it's a difficult one, right? You can't just get up because you're gonna get fucked up. So you have to do it carefully Which is like Alright, so I have to give it a moment So he's, you know He's trying to block the shots And he's just like, you gotta move You gotta move And you're thinking, fuck This is gonna get stopped, man This fight is done This is over And like, there was a, he tried to get up And Brummage got him back down But then he finally Is able to get up Right, finally able to get up, he explodes, he's up, ate some shots, 
you know and so then they go they go back at it a little bit on the feet um Bramage is just like nah don't like this so he goes for another takedown gets knight up against the fence and he's looking to do what he did earlier now <laughs> Knight's just like his opponent's just like yo stoke it take it down why you you block it get on the hooks get on the and so, you know shouting everything to him and he's just like oh you know what Travis Browns and he unloads and I think he drops one elbow and you're just like ooh <laughs> you just heard the sound and be like, oh, that's not good. And the and Brummage's corner are just like, move, move. And Knight drops another elbow and you can hear it, right? And I think when he dropped the third, no, so when he dropped the second one, you saw Brummage kind of stiffen up a little. He drops a third. And you see the leg go a little bit, like, uh, and then he, I think he dropped a fourth, and that was kind of it. Brummage kind of, you know what I mean? He, he's, he's clearly hurt, but his body, it's just the way his body kind of just, like, slumped a little. And so then Knight, you know, he, he changes his posture, and now he's just punching, just Punching and the ref is just like, all right, you gotta move. But Brummage is just done, he is done. So, ref calls it, man. Ref call. And the thing is, when the fight got called, Brummage just hold is holding his head. You know, what I mean, he doesn't jump up and be like, yo, where are you? No, he's holding his head because it fucking hurts. It was such a turnaround, like, because. The way that fight started, you thought Knight was going to get smashed. So, yeah, that was fucking huge. So, then we go to Jose Johnson against Ronnie Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah, Ronnie Lawrence. Um, I think Johnson was the biggest favourite of the night. You know, like in his previous fights, he'd been knocking people out and everything like that. Um... And, you know, hearing both of these, like, it's the fucking stories beforehand. You're just like, ah, for fuck's sake, I don't want to hear this shit. Right? Because it's just like, you you want both of them, like, you hear the stories and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, both of them can win. Like, oh, that sucks. You know what I mean? And it's just like, ah, god damn it. But, um, yeah, lo- you know, Lawrence is just like, you know, I mean, Lawrence is just, his mum committed to, ah, it was just tough. It's fucking tough, you know. Johnson was kicked out. His mum gave him. Uh, it's just like ugh, rough, man. But I don't even know why I went into that. Yeah, it's just some crazy shit. You know what I mean? Um, but the fight, the fight though. Whoa, it's like um, you know they 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 traded a little. Traded a little. And Lawrence got a, gets a takedown, right? I think, yeah, I think they hit some leg kicks and all of that. You know, Joe, uh, Johnson was a bit wobbly. 
you know, with the late Keats Lawrence was giving. Lawrence gets a takedown. And Johnson had an incredible guard. Incredible guard. Kind of didn't really take a lot of damage on the bottom. You know, because he was able to always get it back to guard. You know, use his length and the legs to keep space and all of this. He was a great guard. Right, so he gets up. But then Lawrence takes him down again. You know, Lawrence takes him down again. And, you know, these first two takedowns. Johnson is throwing elbows from the bottom. He's doing all of this stuff. But, like, Lawrence took him down. I think it was like four or five times in the first round. And at the end, you could see that Johnson was just... uh, He'd had enough of it. It just like, does that look like, oh, for fuck's sake, come on. Can we just not bang? Can we just not stand and bang? I'm like tired of this shit. Because he just never had an answer. Never really had an answer for the takedowns, you know? So we go into the second. And, you know, Johnson, he, he's a little tentative. Right, little tentative, lands a few shots, some kicks, but Lawrence, <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he, he hits a kick, gets a takedown, and it's kind of rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat, right? And, you know, we go into the third, and the uh, third is the same. There, I think... There was a point, and you think, oh, is Lawrence tired? Because he's been doing all of this work. Because I think in the third, Johnson landed some, a few, I think more, probably the most amount of shots, right? And you think, oh, maybe Lawrence has worn himself out. But then Lawrence is like, nope. (laughs) And he just goes back to it, taking um, Johnson down. Like, uh, I, I think sometimes when people try and get into the UFC or just any big organization and they're like, oh, on the regional scene, I'm killing it. I'm the best. I'm doing all of this. Like, I'm a well-rounded fighter. And it's just like, are you though? Like, come on. Let, let's, you have to be fucking real with yourselves. You know, can you stuff a takedown, right, and that's not to say that you're, you're not going to get takedowns, you're not going to get taken down, but I think if you can, if, if you've shown a good ability to stuff takedowns, you're not going to get taken down as much, you're going to put up a better defense, just make it difficult so the person's a bit like, actually, it's too much energy, man, too much energy, but when you can get taken down at will, right, or, you know, on the flip, you see some other fighters who just can't defend the simplest of submissions, and you you just go, hmm, what are you practicing, like, how are you training, because if you're the best person in the room, and no one else is coming close, you need another room, 
right? You need another room. Because you want to get pushed. You want to come out feeling a little wrecked. Because, yeah, I think it, it, it it's times like this when you see certain fights. When someone is just, yo, you blow on them and they're going down. And it's just like, that's not good. That's not good. Like, you need to work on that shit. But it is something you can work on. You know, so, yeah, Johnson, man, like, or maybe just had a bad night, who fucking knows, right, who fucking knows, but, yo, you could not give up the takedowns like he did, man, and, but, but, yo, on the real, though, not taking anything away from Ronnie Lawrence, because he implemented that game, he put in that grind, and he looked fucking good, um, so then we go into, uh, Johnny Flick against Nate Smith, and, uh, yo, god damn it, with this fight, this was fucking crazy, this really was a crazy fight, because Flick was a submission chief. Submission G, he was just going for them all. Now, it started off and Flick was throwing some, you know, they were both throwing kicks, but Flick's kicks were just, man, they were catching Nate off. You know what I mean? They were catching him off. And so, yeah, you were just like, oh, he's fucking up the legs. Then, um, you know, Flick gets the takedown. Right, and he is going for it on the submissions, going for it on the submissions, like a guillotine, like triangle, like there was a bit with straight arm, um, arm bar, das, so just neck arm choke, just every fucking thing you can think of, like Flick is trying it, Flick is trying it. But Smith, Chase, he's showing just, oh man, the defense is crazy. It was like that fight between um, Ronnie Yaya and, um, oh, Sanhagen. What's his first name? God damn it, I Corey Sanhagen. I can't think of my man's first name, but you know the fight. What it looked like, yeah, yeah, I was gonna take San Hagen's arm, and he was just like, "No, I'm gonna turn and twist and look about." It was shit like that. It was shit like that, and you just look at it and think, "Oh fuck, that arm's gonna snap. That arm's gonna snap. What the fuck?" And then he's out, or you know, that guillotine is so tight. Oh, how is he? And then he gets out, and you're just like, "Fuck." Um, so there was one point though, Smith's able to get the reversal, he's on top and he's dropping ground and pound, and it's just like, yo, but that's when, um, Flick is, was able to, you know, get control and go for that straight armbar, it, it was crazy, so that's the first fucking round, but going back to the corner, Smith was, yeah, he didn't look dejected, he still was up for it. So you come out for the second round, and um, yeah, it's more, you know, it's it's more of the same. 
more of the same, just some crazy shit, now, there was a point though, and Smith's able to get his legs up, and he locks in a triangle, and you're just like, oh, fuck, and it was looking tight, was looking tight, he was up against the fence, so, you know, getting the crank and all of that was definitely tough, but, yo, it was close, was close, now, um, Flick was able to escape, and then he just attacked with everything again, you know, he, just the full range of shit, just the full range, so, we get into the third round, and, um, yeah, it's, it's more of the same, more of the same, Smith is trying to, def, you know, defend and get out, and, all of this, but you you know you you see, he Smith is definitely tired. They're both tired, but Smith is just like, oh, you know, um, and eventually, eventually, Flick is able to get an arm triangle, but it was, man, it was a great performance by Flick, but Nate Smith, god damn it. He definitely show and proved. Do you know what I mean? He he his submission defense was so fucking dynamic and good. It was it was imp- it was he was impressive even in defeat. You feel me? So then um the final fight, the main fight was Dennis Bazuccia. Um who trained under, um, you know, Ray Longo, Matt Sarah, all of that, um, and Melsic Bagadassian, um, who, he's another fucking tough Armenian, <laughs> so he's trading under Glendale, I think that's, what it, it seems that they've just got this pipeline to these killer fucking Armenians over at Glendale, I don't know what it is, right, but he he's just, oh my god, he came out throwing weapons of mass destruction, it was crazy, Bazooka was getting hit by shots, and you're just like, how the fuck is he standing, like, what, what, what the fuck is happening here, this is crazy, this is insane, you know what I mean, I, I, yeah, it was just baffling, now, it's not to say Bazooka wasn't trying to do anything, he's trying to get shots off, but, yeah, Bagadazian was just, oh, he was just coming forward and unloading, it was brutal, but yeah, Bazooka, and like towards the end of the first round, Bazooka's landing some good shots, right, so we go into the second, and, you know, Bagadazian is, he's slowed, he's definitely slowed, and Bazooka is, I mean, he's putting in work, he gets a takedown, he's, um, yeah, just doing his thing, and he wins the second round, and you're just like, fuck, man, that's impressive, but for somehow, Bagazazian, he's able to get a second wind, and in the third round, he's able to just come with some pressure, 
right? Come forward, just land big shots, and just not give Bazooka the time to, um, you know, just do what he was doing in the second, right? So, um, yeah, Bazooka gets, um, sorry, Bagadazian gets the win. Um, now, it was a, you know, that it was two rounds to one. Right, Bazooka clearly won the second round, but one judge gave it 30-27, and I'm just like, what the fuck, how do you give Bagadazian the second round, that's fucking insane, it is, it's, you know, things like that, that make you go, yeah, that judge needs to sit in a room, and explain his fucking decision, because, how I know I have no clue how you come to that fucking decision. You know, and, and the thing is, not look, the the other two judges, it was 29-28. That's straight up fair. Right? Bagadazian won two the first and the third. That was clear. He did not win the second. That was fucking crazy. So then though, it's just like, okay, what's gonna happen with the contracts, right? Who who's gonna get the who's gonna get those, um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, this was a, I mean it was interesting, but it was a bit like okay yeah I see that, I see that right, so everyone that got them, so you had um, who got contracts William Knight he got a contract. So he went from developmental and now he's in. Right? And yeah. That you, you know what I mean? The way he came back and did all of that, of course. Of fucking course. Right? So yeah, he gets a contract. Um you know, then Ronnie Lawrence. And you're just like, yeah, it went to a decision, but he fucking Dominated that fight You know what I mean It was so impressive Against and also like Yeah Johnson's guard was just crazy So yeah John, Lawrence got the contract And you think yeah No doubt You know, No doubt And then Jimmy Flick gets a contract Right and you just like Yeah Like all of those Made you just think, yeah, that like all of that makes sense, right? All of that makes perfect friggin' sense. So, um, the people that didn't get a contract, so Tucker Lutz didn't get a contract, and um, Bagadazian didn't get a contract, and I get that. I do kind of get that, but this is the thing, right? Um. Yeah, they're coming back. So, like, Dana's is there's going to be another contender series in November. So he's just like, yeah, I have those two back. And he's going to bring Nate Smith back, which, yeah, I'm fully behind that decision. That's a great decision. And look, this is the thing, right? I, I, I am sure that, yeah, they've only just figured, you know, fuck it, let's do another contender series in November. And so people... From the earlier weeks, you know, fights that were close and people, I'm sure some of those are going to get a call back, you know, 
genius thingy, whatever his name was, I forget. I'm sure he's going to get a call for November. You know what I mean? But I just think, yeah, like the contracts that went out make sense and it's all good. But I think the craziest thing about all of this, like, did you think the way this goes, the Contender Series Season 4 is going to finish mid-October. Mid-October. So then you're going to do another one in November. I'm just like, okay, I'm fully behind that. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so possibly we might go two weeks or maybe they do a month. Right, a month cold, and then from mid October all the way through November, December, kind of thing. You know, that would be fly. That would be real dope. But uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, I'm f- I, I feel it's a great idea. But uh, yeah, uh, an insightful week five of the Contender series, people. So yeah, just can't wait for next week. Always fun. Okay, people. So, Saturday, we've got UFC Fight Night, Overeen v. Saki. Otherwise known as UFC on ESPN Plus 34 or UFC Vegas 9. Uh, Right. So, right now, we're scheduled for 10 fights. But we all know that can change in the blink of an eye. But, yeah, 10 fights and we got some fun little uh, encounters on here. So let's start at the prelims. I'm not sure if this is the correct fight order, but it's what's on tapology, right? So we're going to open up with a featherweight clash between Brian Kelleher and Kevin Nitvadadadad. So uh, let's take a look. Okay. So uh, what are we playing with here? Right. So Quicksand has a record of nine and one. He's on a five-fight winning streak. I think he usually fights at bantamweight, so he's moving up here. Um. This would be his UFC debut, right? So he last fought in the LFA, uh, which was um, July, 17th of July. Uh, And he beat Kyle Estrada. That's LFA 85. Um, Oh, that was, yeah, I watched that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I watched that card um, as It was headlined by the, the oh, I think it was Strawweight Hughes and Dupont Plus Yeah, that was a fun card uh, So yeah, um, it looks like LFA has been where he's had his home, you know, of late um, He can knock you out Looks like he's just got, I see one submission, you know. I mean, there was more, a few more in his amateur days, which mm, I guess wasn't that far away. But of late, it's it's been more stoppages, knockouts, um, 
yeah, that seems to be his thing. And yeah, the LFA has been where he's been calling home. Now he is going up against um Brian Boom Kelleher, who is twenty one and eleven. So he's coming off a loss, which was the uh, Cody Stamen fight. And, uh, I don't know, that was a tricky one, right? Because, you know, everything that was going down was Stamen. So you kind of were like, I'm glad Stamen won. But, you know, like Kelleher in that fight, he did look a step off. Right, he did look like he was a, just a bit behind Stamen all the time And I don't know if, you know, you're fighting someone whose brother has just died Which, it, it's got to be a tough situation, you know So I don't know if that was affecting him But yeah, he did look a step off uh, So that was June, UFC 250, Nunes v Spencer but before that, you know, he'd won his last two fights, Hunter Azur and Ode Osborne. Um, and look, we know what Kelleher can do, right? He, he, he's got those dynamite fists, so he can knock you out. He has pulled off uh, a few submissions, you know, guillotine, a couple of guillotines, um... Yeah, no free guillotines of late. So, yeah, Kelleher, like, he's been in there. He's fought some tough-ass motherfuckers. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's the big thing. So, hey, just looking at this fight, you would kind of... You'd have to say that Kelleher is the favourite. So, yeah, I'm I'm going with Kelleher. And, you know, Nafafad... He's, um, you know, it's, it's a short notice fight, right? So, yeah, Kelleher. Uh, so then we go to the bantamweight division and we got Cole Smith against Hunter Azur. And yeah, so this, you know, Hunter fought Kelleher, um, at featherweight. So it looks like, um, yeah, Hunter has made the move down. Which, um, yeah, that could be a smart little uh, situation for him. But, he, you know, he's 8-1. and one. So, he is, you know, he hasn't been on a crazy losing streak or anything like that. Um, yeah, so the last fight against Keller, that was May. Yeah, May this year. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, before that... He, he he won his UFC debut against Brad Katana. He came via the Contender Series, um, season three. You know he'd fought in the LFA, so you know as Hunter he can he's got some submissions. He's got like one stoppage. Like he, he he's mainly kind of winning, you know. In his pro career, by um, by going the distance, which isn't a bad thing, it's just one of those things, right? Your the the level of competition rises, so you can't be just knocking everyone out and all of that. 
uh, and he's going up against the Coltrane, <laughs> Cole Smith, <laughs> I like that, uh, Coltrane, a little jazz, you know what I mean, a little play, I wonder, I kind of assume it is, you know, um, so he's seven and one, coming off a loss, right, um, so yeah, that was his second fight in the UFC against Miles John, it was September last year, he won his UFC debut against Mitch Gagon, um, which was May last year, um, yeah, he fought everywhere else, like, mainly in BFL, so, he's got a few submissions, you know, a couple of stoppages, but yeah, he, Submission seems to be the one for him. I have a couple of decisions and all of that. Hmm. So I've I I don't know. Looking at everything, I think Hunter gets the win here. I mean they both got you know similar amount of fights. He's seven and one. Hunter is eight and one. But yeah, I, I kind of look at it that Hunter is I think he's fought the tougher of the opposition. So, yeah, I'm going to go for um, Hunter to get the win here. Um, so then we jump to the heavyweight division. Yep. We got Marcos Ruggiero de Lima against Alexander Romanov. Um, so... Uh, De Lima is 17, 6 and 1. He's coming off a win. Uh, and that was against Ben Sassoli. Right? So that was end of February um, this year. Yeah, I think I picked Sassoli in that one. Ugh. Um. So... You know, he's been in the UFC. She's been in the UFC for, um, yeah, longer than you'd think. So he, he came in 2014. 2014, man. So he um, won a couple. Then he fought once in 2015. And lost to Nikita Krolov. Fought a couple of times in 2016 and winning a loss. It's in 2017. I don't even know. It looks like injury has really been his issue. You know, that, that seems to be the thing that has uh, plagued him, really. But, um, yeah, punches, like, I don't know. He's got one arm triangle submission, but otherwise it's either a stoppage or it's a decision for Delima. Uh, and his opponent, okay, King Kong, Alexander Romanov, he is 11 and 0. Oosh. So, uh, yeah, this is his UFC debut. And um, 
yeah, <laughs> this, oh shit, this dude has been wrecking shop, really, like, his last win was a slam knockout, like, yeah, he hasn't come to decision, everything has just been a stoppage, whoa, okay, <laughs> ah, man, I kind of feel that, yeah, he's going to be coming in with just a lot. Do you know what I mean? Just a lot of confidence. So, Delima, yeah, he won his last fight. But before that, he hadn't fought since February 2019. And the last fight was over in a, under a minute and a half. Right? So... Even though Romanov, his last fight was, um, you know, February, which, yeah, that's kind of similar to Delima. You know, I, I don't think there's really going to be much difference because of Delima's fight was so quick. I'm going to say that... Um, Old King Kong gets to win. I feel, yeah, he's just going to have the confidence. And, um, yeah, he's just knocking people out. Right? So, yeah, you know, I think that's what's going to happen. Because Delima does get hit. He does get hit. So, yeah, I'm going with um, Kong. All right. So, then we jump down. To the ladies flyweight division We got Montana De La Rosa Against Viviana Aranja um, So Aranja is 8-2 and two. So Vivi She um, lost the last fight uh, Which was against Jessica I In December last year That was at UFC 245 Hmm. Um. Yeah, like she was meant to fight Jessica. So Jennifer Meyer, um, which is you know when uh, JoJo Calderwood stepped in to replace her. Okay, so um. Yeah, like she's got I don't know like a couple of submissions. Couple of stoppages and then just decisions. So, you know, like she can do a few things, but not overly prolific in any of them. Um, now, Della Rosa, she's 11 and 5, um, coming off a win, which was against Mara Romero Borella. Uh, that was in February, UFC on ESPN plus 25, and um, yeah, De La Rosa likes a submission, definitely likes a submission, um, yeah, I'm going to go with De La Rosa for the win here, I think she gets it done, uh, then we jump to the um, middleweight division, and this is the, you know, headliner of the prelims. We've got Bartosz 
Fabininski against Andre Munez. So, um, the butcher is fifteen and three. He's on a one white a one fight win streak. That was against Darren Stewart. So that was the crazy situation where um, you know UFC London got cancelled in March. Stewart and him, they were over in London. All the flights got cancelled. So Cage Rage put on one final card before everything got shut. That was Cage Warriors. Sorry, Cage Warriors. And that was um 113. So they both fought on that and he got a decision win. Um yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a weird one So it was under Cage Warriors But kind of a UFC fight Because they're both under UFC contract uh, And, um, you know, like Say probably most of uh, I, I think a lot of his most recent fights Have gone to decision um, Like he's got a um a stoppage back back in the day kind of thing but yeah you know he's one of those tough kind of gritty motherfuckers so yeah i think like a decision is kind of his bag the old butcher now sir john panio um he's 19 and 4 He's on a five-fight win streak. Uh, so this would be second fight in the UFC. He came via the uh, Contender Series in, uh, you know, season three. <clears throat> He'd actually fought in um, season two of the Contender as well. Right? Actually, I think that might have been... Um, the the Brazilian contender series, so yeah, had a couple of contenders, then got to the UFC, beat Antonio Arroyo. Uh, so that was November last year, and um, yeah, he's got some submissions, quite a few submissions earlier in his career. Like 2014, 2015 um, Like a stoppage Couple of, you know Got a submission in the last contender series So yeah, I think he's kind of more submission than anything um, Hmm, I think, you know, he comes in with all the confidence Right? Comes in all the confidence and he he's finishing more fights for sure. And I would say um Fabrinsky's last loss was a guillotine. Right? So now you're going up against someone who's you know, he all his stoppages are submissions, right? So yeah, I'm gonna take Munez for the win here. You know, I think it would be a fun fight to lead us into the main card, people. Okay, so we start the main card with a uh, 
Hmm. I think it's a welterweight fight. Right? So we've got uh Tiago hmm. Tiago Moyes against Jalen Turner. Actually, no, it's a lightweight. God damn it, I'm a moron sometimes. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at this one. Right, so Moyes, he is 13 and 4. He's uh, coming off a win, which was against Michael Johnson. Uh, so that was in... Um, that was in May, yeah, he got an, an ankle lock a real quick in that second round, you know, and Johnson was, Johnson won that first round, and yeah, then he just got ankle picked, ah, it was, it was such a, just a gutting loss for Johnson, because he looked so good in that first round, um, yeah, he came to the UFC via the Contender Series, um, the Brazilian Contender, and it's been kind of, you know, loss-win, loss-win, really. So, lost his debut to Bernal, da- 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 Arr, Bernal Dariush, then beat Kurt Habibar, then lost to Damier is Maglog and um yeah then won against Michael Johnson last time out but uh you know he's mainly going to decision really uh the Michael Johnson you know that was his first stoppage since the contender series where he got a, a you know a, a TKO so um yeah that seems to be his thing now he is going against Jalen Turner, who is a nine and five. The Tarantula is coming off a win, um, and that was against Joshua um, Kulibois, and that was in um, the end of February. So we got a, a ground and pound TKO. And, um, yeah, that was his full fight in the UFC. So he came um, via the season two of the Contender Series. Lost his debut against Vicente Lupe. um, Then beat Callum Potter. Then lost a decision to Matt Ferrola. And then he got his last win. So, um... Yeah, he, his wins have been stoppages, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword when it comes to, uh, you know, Taylor. But he has, yeah, he's got the power to, um, yeah, shut everything down, essentially. So this is going to be an interesting one. Um, you know what, because Moise got, yeah, he, like, you know, Michael Johnson, as I said, he won that first round, and won it kind of convincingly, so I'm gonna say that Turner is able to, uh, touch him, and probably get the stoppage, you know, get the stoppage early, that's what I'm gonna say, so then we jump to the welterweight division, 
we got Michel Pereira against Zalim Imadev. And um, look, we know Michel Pereira. He's 23 and 11, right? So the Demaloda, he, um, yeah, he's coming off two losses. Two losses, which were kind of crazy. So the. You know, he his second fight in the UFC after an impressive debut against Danny Roberts, where he won with the flying knee. He then fought um Tristan Connolly, and that was a fight where he did all the flips and everything like that, got gassed out, and then Connolly, who was a late replacement, and fighting upper weight class beat him, he then looked, you know, he was winning the fight against Diego Sanchez, but landed the illegal knee, which was just, oh, uh, insane, but kind of does sum up Ferreira, you know, he, he, he looks real good, but he does crazy things to trip himself up. You know, that does seem to be his issue. Uh, so, he's going against um, Imadev, who is 8-2. and two. Um, But he's coming off a couple of losses. You know, he's two UFC fights. So, Max Griffin um, lost the decision. And then he was stopped by Danny Roberts, who actually Pereira beat. You know, um, yeah, so like it, it's a you know, it's a weird situation, really. Um, his fight against Danny Roberts was November last year, right? And Pierre's fight was against Diego Sanchez was February this year. I'm probably gonna say, oh, Pierre gets to win, right. As long as he doesn't do anything insane. Because hey, when you look at it, it, it like experience-wise and the level of competition, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if he, you know Fiera can hold it together, concentrate, you know, and uh get the win. But uh, we will see. You know what I mean? So we then jumped to the women's bantamweight division. We got Sierra Eubanks against Carla Rosa. So Sarge, she's five and four, coming off a win. So that was against Sarah Morais um, in May, right? May this year. And yeah, she's had a. Just an odd time, really. So she came off the Ultimate Fighter season 26. Won her first two, you know, against Lauren Murphy and then Roxanne Modafari. But then lost to Aspen Ladd and Beth Carrera. Until she got the um, win over Marais. So yeah, it, you know, she's not been as Active as um, You know Probably she'd liked of late You know but uh, 
Yeah, I think most of her, um, basically, most of her recent fights have just been her decisions. You know, she got a um, head kick in the Kimura on the Contender series, but yeah, since then it's just been decisions, really. And uh, she is going up against uh, Rosa, who's 13 and 3, coming off a four fight win streak. You know, so um, Vanessa Mello, which was uh, July. So that was on the UFC 51 card. Fight Island, Usman v. Mastodal. Um, you know, Laura Proprakai. Um, they were uh, two UFC fights. All right. Um, out of the UFC... You know, she, um, yeah, she's won by submission, um, stoppage, yeah, you know, I feel that, um, I feel Rosa's experience and her, uh, like, her, just the weapons, right, you know, the submissions, the, the punching power and all of that, I think she gets the job done. So I think she gets that win. So we go to our co-main event, which is a rescheduled fight. Ovin St. Prue against Alonzo Medifield. And that's at light heavyweight. So <clears throat> I'm just going to stick with, you know, what I, what I thought back then, right? So Ovin St. Prue is 24 and 14. Um, coming off a loss... Which was against Ben Rothwell. Um, so that was in May. And look, we know what OSP can do. He's got the Von uh, Prue choke. He's a whole heap of those. He can be up and down, right? He can be up and down, which is the issue with um, OSP. Right, like if we look at the just the Corey Anderson fight, Corey was just beating RSP. It was just a lapse in that last round where he lost, and that's something that OSP does. You know, he can be looking sensational, and then he just just drifts off, kind of thing. And look. Modderfield, yeah, he's 9-1, lost his last fight, which was the Devon Clark one, right? That was June, UFC 250, Nunez Spencer. I feel that, you know, he fights out of Fortis MMA, and, um, yeah, they're not gonna... They would have, you know, just had him running, you know what I mean? Had him running, I feel, to work on that cardio. But OSP can get touched, right? And Modderfield can rock your motherfucking world. So, yeah, I feel that he's he's going to get the win. You know, I feel he's going to get the win. He's going to be able to uh, touch OSP. Now, look, OSP can definitely win by choke or anything else. But, yeah, you know. I'm going to say Modderfield. I'm going to run with the underdog, I think. 
So we then, uh, yeah, we jump up to heavyweight for the main event. We got Alistair Overeem, old school against Augustus Saki, who's, uh, yeah, essentially new school. So if we look at it, so, um, you know, Saki is 15-1-1. It's coming off six-fight win streak. You know, so there was a blaggy even off, which was a split decision. Mycene Tabora, which was a quick knockout. Um, Andre Oloski, which was a split. Chase Sermon, which was a, you know, third round TKO. Uh, and then his contender series fight. Is that a Marcos Coranda Jr.? Which is a second round stoppage So yeah You know Saki like he's good He is good Right the, the, the You know the even off fight I kind of felt even off had won I kind of felt like Orlowski had won that fight As well So there is that Right But you know he's fighting Overeem 46 and 18 Like Demolition Man Doreen Whoever you want to look at it You know he, he won his last fight Which was that against Walt Harris uh, That was in May um, Which was crazy man You know Like he came back In that first round Overeem was rock and this is the crazy thing Overeem Like there was a point where you thought He's done Right he was getting knocked out And you, yeah you thought it was over But he changed his style And this is a crazy thing about Overeem He can reinvent himself And so now He's a bit more cautious He uses the hands He puts things together You know what I mean He's not rushing in He's sensible um, and I think he's just got way too much experience, way too much savvy, and uh, yeah, I think Overeen he gets it done. Because essentially, he beat Rosenstruck, right? I think that that whole stoppage was a kind of bullshit when you look at it, right? But you know, as it yeah, look, he is technically a loss. It was called the referee called it as a loss, but. When you look at it So yeah, I, I just think Overeem has way too much I think it's going to be a fun fight though Definitely going to be a fun fight But um, yeah, that's it So look, we'll see if this card stays you know, if the, I, I, I imagine there's probably going to be some craziness that goes down But if it does, do you know what I mean? We'll, we'll be talking about the weigh-ins on Friday So, I don't know, we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens by then, okay? But yeah, that's it people, that's the fight card Let's see how we do, right? Okay people, so yes, we have reached that time again yeah, we're ending this episode But before we do We're gonna look and see what's happening in the fight world Because you know There's always shit that's changing, right? 
So, Bobby Green. Old Bobby Green has really been just, yeah, just making making out good with this current crazy-ass situation. You know, he's been, um, yeah, picking up a good few fights of late, which is, hey, all good, right? All good. And, um, he is stepping in as, uh, as a, a, a replacement for Rodrigo Vargas, and he will be fighting Alan Patrick on the 12th of September, so next week, which is the um, Santos Teixeira card. Uh, now, we're going to jump to October. On the 10th, we have Bruno Silva is scheduled to fight Tagir Ulam. Bekov, which was, um, you know, moved, it's been moved from uh, next week, right, so I'm assuming someone's got COVID, also happening on the 10th, we've got Ali Al-Kwazi against Tony Kelly, I believe both of of them made their debuts on Fight Island. And we've got, um, also on the 10th, we've got Sergei Spivak against Tom Aspinall, who had a sensational debut on Fight Island. And we will have um, Giga Kagezi. Who um, yeah wasn't able to fight last week? He is now fighting Omar Morales, also on the tenth of October. Now the following week, the seventeenth, we're gonna have Gadzimrod Antegulov against Maxim Garishin. Um, and uh, also on the seventeenth. Caitlin Kagajian is gonna be welcoming Jessica Andrade to the flyweight division. Uh, so then we jump to um, UFC 253, and um, unfortunately, Claudia Gadelia is injured and no longer will be able to fight Yang Xian. Um, at this moment in time, there isn't, um, yeah, there isn't a replacement for her, uh, but I'm sure something will come up. Uh, so then we have Kamara Usman is putting the belt on the line one final time this year, and hey, it's against Gilbert Burns. This will be taking place on the 12th of December, UFC 256, which I'm assuming is the last pay-per-view of the year, but I imagine there's still going to be at least one more card, probably a couple before the year ends, Um, and so this isn't, it's not booked, but 
Dana White on Tuesday after the contender did say that they are currently, you know, working on Jorge Masvidal v Nate Diaz 2 and the BFM BMF belt will be on the line. This fight is scheduled for January. So yeah. You know what I mean? There's definitely a big fight that you can kick the year off with. Now, also, let's jump to um, Invicta for a moment. So, their uh, flyweight champion, Vanessa Porto, she has just signed a contract with Bellator. And, um, you know, so now Invicta have a vacant flyweight you know, division uh, And That's going to be uh, You know what I mean, that's going to be handled In November The 20th to be precise We're going to have Pearl Gonzalez Against Aaron Blanchfield Now, Gonzalez Lost um, To Porto I believe it was a, a, a You know, a weird stoppage But um, yeah, Gonzalez lost And um, yeah, Blanchfield has just been on a tear of late So that's going to be the the headliner And the co-main event is a fun one We're going to have Emily Ducott Against Montserrat Ruiz And um, yo, Ruiz looked She looked fierce in her last fight But yo, so did Ducott so that's a fun ass head, you know what I mean? Both of those fights are friggin' hey, that's a good way to win that card, right? So yeah, looking forward to Invicta 43. But people, that is us for this week, alright? So um yeah, we will catch up again on Friday. Alright? Peace!